0: Hello everyone, welcome to another program of Bible Truth For Living. This is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. Today's message is titled, Dare to Dream. This is the second part of a message we brought a couple of weeks ago. And uh, from Proverbs 13 and verse 12, the Bible says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I believe everybody starts out uh, in life with a dream. You ask a little child in maybe kindergarten or first grade and they'll have a dream, dream of maybe being a superhero or a ball player or something like that when they grow up. Dreams are made of those things we desire at the deepest level of our lives. As we get older, we begin to dream about where we want to live, the type of home uh, we would like to live in, the uh, career we will have, the vehicle we will drive, and then we begin to think about that man or woman that we uh, want to spend the rest of our life uh, life with, and we dream about having children, having a happy marriage, and seeing our children grow up and be successful. We dream about grandchildren, and then again, as we continue to age, we dream about retirement and maybe taking some time to travel and those sorts of things. So in life, we plan and we work and we dream. Nothing wrong with any of that, but you know, life does not always obey our well plans and dreams. Hardships come along, adversity happens, disappointments occur, and these things can shatter our dreams. Sometimes we even have to face the reality that our dreams are broken, that some of the things we thought might happen just aren't going to happen. Uh, Certainly the things that uh, occur in life, oftentimes they do not end the way we thought they would, and that's just how life goes. And so, our instinct is to maybe run and hide and just settle into life and just sort of drudge through day by day and not really have any expectations or to dream again. But that's not a good way to live. I think that uh, God wants us to continue to dream in our lives. I like this quote. Someone once said, when your dreams turn to dust, vacuum. And uh, you know, sometimes they will. Sometimes those dreams will not turn out uh, the way that you thought they would. So if you've been dreaming about doing something, I want to encourage you to keep dreaming. If you think your dream is over, I want to encourage you to get back to dreaming. No matter what age you are, no matter where you are in life, if you're still here and you're breathing, God has a plan and a purpose for you, and I want to dare you to dream. Now, the first thing that we're going to look at today is that it is okay to dream. It's okay to dream. There in the text that I just read to you from Proverbs 13 and verse 12, It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. The word deferred there means delayed or something that doesn't end up like you thought that it would. And so as we age, as we see things that we thought might happen, they don't happen, it makes us heart sick because it's delayed. It's not happening either as quickly or the way we thought that it should But when the desire cometh, when the dream begins to unfold and you begin to see uh, maybe light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, it is a tree of life. You know, Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says, where there is no vision, no dream, the people perish. We ought to have dreams, a dream for our marriage, a dream for our children, a dream for whatever it is in life. Again, no matter what stage we are. Uh, Here are some quotes on dreams. Vincent van Gogh, the great artist said, I dream of painting and then I paint my dream prize fighter Mike Tyson said, I'm a dreamer. I have to dream and reach for the stars. And if I miss a star, then I grab a handful of clouds. You know, sometimes that's how life is. You just have to grab onto clouds. Carl Sandburg, the poet said, nothing happens unless first we dream. Now there were some great dreamers in the Bible. And I shared with you a week or two ago about uh, some of the dreams in the Bible. You think of Joseph and, and Daniel and others, but there are some other characters in the Bible who the Bible doesn't give us distinct dreams that they had, but we know they were dreamers. For example, Noah dreamed of building an ark. God said you have 120 years and you can imagine 20 years into that, 40 years into that. uh, He probably spent the day working and at night would dream about the finished product, which eventually would save his entire family from the flood. Abraham was a dreamer. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. I think he dreamed about that. He dreamed of reaching that city, that place called heaven. And then Sarah, his wife, we know that she dreamed of having a baby. And uh, when that promised seed was was uh, told, foretold, she just looked forward to that. She dreamed about it. Of course, we know she got ahead of God, and and uh, we're still paying the price for that in, in the world today. But at 90 years old, that dream came true. She had the promised seed named Isaac. Moses was a dreamer. Moses dreamed of leading the people of Israel into the promised land. And of course, if you know the story there, Moses came right to the border but was not allowed to go in. You say, well, He failed. He did not make it to the promised land. Well, guess who appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. So we know Moses made it. Caleb, Caleb was a dreamer. Caleb was among the group of 12 spies who went to check out the land. And if you remember, 10 said, no, we can't do it. And it was Caleb and Joshua that said, we can take the land. Well, the majority ruled and God allowed that whole generation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 long years, Caleb dreamed of making it and he did. The Bible says at the age of 85, Caleb said, I want that mountain. It belongs to me. He dreamed of it and he attained it. David dreamed of building a beautiful building for God, the house of God. And God said, no, David, I'm not going to let you do that, but I'll let your son Solomon do that. But David got to be a part of that dream. He began to uh, accumulate the materials and the monies for the house of God. Peter dreamed. Peter, when he was called into the ministry and was told to be fishers of men, Peter dreamed of one day being a great preacher. We know that he denied the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus was arrested. But was the dream over? No, it was just uh, temporarily suspended because we know eventually on the day of Pentecost, who preached the inaugural address of the church? It was the Apostle Peter, and 3,000 were saved. Paul, when he was converted on the road to Damascus, dreamed after he got saved, of being a missionary and taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Did Paul do that the very next day after his conversion? No. In fact, 14 long years went by until Paul began to go on his missionary journeys and eventually start churches. John dreamed of the glories of heaven. They were revealed to him when he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos and the great book of Revelation. We have many of those things that John had visions and dreams about. I'm telling you, whether you are eight or 80, keep on dreaming. By the way, if you're going to dream anyway, you may as well dream big. Amen? Have big dreams. So it's okay to dream. Number two, you must own your dream. Now, most dreams don't just come true. You know, we we, we hear that phrase, dreams just come true. Very rarely do they just come true. They often come with a cost. Jesus tells us this principle in Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. He says, for which of you intending to build a tower, we could use the word dreaming, you're you're dreaming about it, you're intending to do it, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost. You know, if you just dream about it, you can dream and dream and dream and never do anything. Uh, You need to dare to dream and then you need to decide to do. But if you're going to do it, you must count the cost. Any dream worth dreaming will involve cost. You say, preacher, what does that cost? Well, it'll cost you persistence. It will cost you preparation. It will cost you even a lot of problems. You know, Joseph, and we'll look at him in just a moment, but when Joseph began to dream as a young man, I'm sure he didn't realize all the problems that would be involved with his dreams. These dreams would lead him to a pit and then be sold into slavery and end up at Potiphar's house and then be accused of something by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. But eventually, he went from prison to second command in the palace of Pharaoh. Uh, leadership author and speaker John Maxwell uh, gives what is called the dream test, and he gives several of them. I'm just going to give you five of them to consider. When you think about owning your dream, It's gonna, you're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to prepare and plan, uh, and you're going to have to put up with some problems. Now, what are some of the questions in the dream test? Well, question number one, is my dream really my dream, or is it someone else's? You know, you won't stay with something if it's somebody else's dream. You can't live off of mom and dad's dream or brother's dream or your spouse's dream. Uh, you've got to come to the point. Is this something that, that I am dreaming? Is this something that, that I'm really, uh, wanting to accomplish here and get done? And that is true, whether it is secular or, or spiritual. Both of those, uh, require dreams that are my dream. Number two, can I describe my dream? Well, you know, I just, I like to have my degree. Well, can you describe what degree it is that you're looking for? And while you're doing that, number three, do I have a strategy to reach my dream? You know, I, I want to earn a degree in something. Well, can you describe what that is? Do you have a strategy for that? How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to have time for school? Are you going to be able to work and go to school at the same time? Whatever dream it is, you need to be able to describe it, and then you need to say, well, here's my strategy. That's why we fail at a lot of things. You know, it's sort of like losing weight. Well, I, I'm going to lose weight this year. Well, how, how much weight? Can you describe that? Are we talking five pounds or, or 50 pounds? And what's your strategy? Uh, are, are you going to join a program? Or are you going to uh, take certain medicine? Or, well, what are you going to do there? What's your strategy for that? That's always important when it comes to a dream. Number four, and this is really important. Am I willing to pay the price for my dream? Because there's going to be a price. I mentioned that a while ago. It will cost you persistence. You'll have to you'll have to work on that thing when you don't always feel like it. When you're tired, you're weary, the weather's not great. You know, a a great athlete doesn't just become a great athlete overnight. There are a lot of good athletes in high school and college. What separates the professionals many times are those who are willing to pay the price and be persistent and to practice and lift weights and do those things even when they don't feel like it. Staying prepared, staying ready, and then also just dealing with problems and working through those. That's paying the price for your dream. And then number five, does my dream benefit others? others. You know, any dream worth dreaming is not just about me. It's not just about you. It it has to involve other people. How is this going to affect others? How will it affect my family, my, my spouse, my children, my parents, whatever stage you are in life. And so these are important things to consider when we talk about owning our dream. So number one, it's okay to dream. Number two, you must own your dream. Number three, You must expect opposition to your dream. Not everyone is going to be on board with your dream. I would like to tell you when you have a dream and, boy, you want to do something and you begin to tell it to other people that everybody's going to be excited for you. But that is not the case. Uh, In Genesis chapter 37, let me just read a few of these verses to you when you have the young young brother Joseph having these dreams and listen to what his older brothers respond with. Genesis 37, 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren. Maybe he expected them to be excited and say, oh, wow, you know, Joseph, that's great. But no, it says, and they hated him yet the more. When you go to verse 8, and his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams. Doesn't sound like me like they're on board. They're not excited about his dreams, it's just creating more resentment and hatred. Verse 18. When they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. They said that in a sarcastic tone, not in a, in a uh, good tone. They didn't like him. They called him a dreamer because they were opposed to his dreams. Not everyone is going to be on board with your dream. Now, Opposition, we're talking here about opposition to our dreams, those things we would like to accomplish in life. And again, this this can apply to the secular and to the sacred. Uh, The first place opposition often comes from is self. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of our dreams. We'll use words like I can't or not me. Uh, I, I put two word excuses together. No way, no money. No time, no education, no experience, no resources, too young, too old. You know, we can come up with all kinds of them. And, and many times it just starts with a thought. and We begin to think, well, you know, I'd like to do that, but it, it won't happen for me. And so we begin to oppose ourselves. Henry Ford said this. He said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And that is true. Uh, Solomon in Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says, "For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he." Many times it comes down to just what we think. You know, whether we we see something as an obstacle or an opportunity. You know, uh, you can have the same thing in front of two different people and the person who is just negative and they oppose themselves and they just uh can't seem to uh, think the right way. They'll say, "Well, that's just too big of an obstacle." I just can't do it. Another person will have the same thing and say, well, you know what? That's an opportunity to overcome. It comes down to a choice of the way that we choose to see it and to think about it. So opposition often comes from self. And then number two, opposition will often come from other people. In Joseph's case, it was family. You know, it's really difficult when opposition comes from your family. Job dealt with this. If you know the story of Job and all the things that happened to him, He first had a spouse who said, Job, just curse God and die. Well, that's opposition from your spouse. And then along come three friends. And through most of the book of Job, you have three friends not encouraging Job, but discouraging him. And many times that's where the opposition comes from. Back to Proverbs 13 and verse 19. The Bible says the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. Now, let's put that in the context of dreams. When we accomplish something, boy, it feels good to us. It's sweet to us. But to those who maybe have some jealousy or (laughs) some just have a gift of throwing a wet blanket on anything that you do, you know, you can say something is going well and they'll find something wrong with it. Uh, they, They just have that mindset. And that's why Solomon says in the next verse, in verse 20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Well, again, let's put it in the context of our message. He that dreams will walk with dreamers. I would encourage you to consider the people you spend a lot of time with. We become like the company that we keep. If you are around negative people, you'll become a negative person. I'm sorry, but it it rarely works where a a positive-minded person or a person with a positive attitude brings up the negative. It usually happens where the negative pulls the positive one down. And so uh, you got to be careful about who you hang out with. He says, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Don't let the negativity and jealousy of other people stop your dream. You'd be better off to cut ties. You say, well, I kind of like their company. I enjoy being around them. Well, if they are not pushing you forward and they're not encouraging you, uh, I would would cut ties with them. (laughs) Someone has said, don't let small minds convince you that your dreams are too big. There's a story of a young man named Monty. And Monty was a son of a horse trainer. And his dad traveled from ranch to ranch and farm to farm. Uh, training horses, but he never made much money at it. He kind of lived paycheck to paycheck, and and Monty sort of traveled everywhere with his dad. Well, in high school, his senior year, Monty's teacher assigned a project to the class, and she said, I want you to write a seven-page essay on what you want to do when you get out of high school. Well, here Monty had grown up the son of a horse trainer, and perhaps the teacher even expected that sort of Of essay from Monty, but instead he wrote a seven-page essay on one day owning a horse ranch. And boy, he put a lot of energy into this, a lot of thought, and he even drew pictures of the buildings where they would be and his big 4,000-square-foot home and the 200 acres he would own with the horses out there and the the barns and buildings and all, and he turned that in. At the end of the day, the teacher gave him the paperback with a big F on it and said, see me after class. And uh, so he did, and he took his paper up to the teacher, and the teacher said, Monty, I want you to know this sounds really good, but you just don't have the means for this. There's no way you'll attain this. Uh, You're the son of a horse trainer, and you just don't have the resources. If you'll rewrite this paper into something more realistic, I'll change the grade. Well, Monty took the paper home with him and thought about it, even talked to his dad about it. But the next day he came back and he took that paper and he set it in front of the teacher. And he said, teacher, you can keep the F. I'm going to keep my dream. Well, the teacher said, okay, you just go ahead and take that paper with you. That's that's the grade you're going to get. Well, several years went by. And then one day, about uh, 10 years later, the same teacher had a class and took that class on a field trip to a horse ranch. And when she got to the horse ranch and they did their tour and they came inside she discovered to her surprise guess who the owner of the horse ranch was monty and up above the fireplace in that great big home on the horse ranch was a paper with a red f on it from that teacher who said you don't have the resources monty you can't do it and the teacher had to go to monty she found him and said monty i want you to know that i was a dream stealer i'm glad to see that you accomplished what even i didn't think that you could do you see a teacher, a parent, a friend, maybe even meaning well, can cause discouragement uh, to your dream. And so, uh, don't be a dream stealer, but there will be opposition. Let me share this last point with you and we're we're done. Number 4. Do not omit God from your dream. I said a while ago, your dream should never be just about you and your plan. It should help others and it should always involve God. You know, Joseph, when he had those dreams of his brothers bowing down and all of that, it sure didn't look like that's what would happen. But that's exactly how the story ended up. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 18, the Bible says, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants, the very thing Joseph had dreamed years earlier. Now, how does he respond to this? Joseph said to them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He says, brothers, you thought evil, but God had a plan all along. When Joseph was young and had those dreams, his brothers were jealous. They opposed him, but God had a plan. And God knew that as the time would go, that eventually it would be Joseph who would save the lives, not only of his immediate brothers, but of the entire Jewish people. And uh, so Joseph here had God involved in his dream. There was a great missionary named William Carey, and William Carey was called to preach and then was later called to be a missionary. He went to council with an older preacher, and the older preacher said, sit down, young man. If God, wants you to, if God wants to save the heathen, he will do it without your help or mine. Well, William Carey was a little discouraged, but he wasn't going to quit. In fact, later he would preach a sermon titled, Attempt Great Things for God, Expect Great Things from God. William Carey would eventually leave his own country of England and go to India. And in India, thousands upon thousands of people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of a young man with a dream. He said, I want to do that. I'm being called to be a missionary. And that dream was, was accomplished because God was in the dream. You know, when we include God in our dreams, he gets involved in our dreams. Psalm 37 Verses 4 and 5 say, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. It may not be in the time we think or in the way that we think, but he shall bring it to pass. There's a story about a young man named Serge Leclerc who started out life in a perilous situation. He was the product of a rape. His mother was only 14 years old. Serge Leclerc was born in a shack, didn't even know his birthday. Well, as he got older, became a teenager, a young man, he got into a lot of trouble, Uh, sold drugs and became an alcoholic and eventually ended up in prison. In fact, ended up a 250-pound bodybuilding prisoner with a fifth-grade education. And it looked like Serge Leclerc was not going to amount to anything. But on Christmas Day in 1985, Serge Leclerc got saved. Someone had managed to get the gospel to him. Serge Leclerc began to feel God giving him a dream. While in prison, Serge Leclerc went back to school, earned his bachelor's degree, and eventually his master's degree in sociology. And uh, very unexpectedly, uh, Serge Leclerc got a pardon. This was in Canada. He got a pardon from the prime minister and Serge Leclerc ended up assisting in the prison system. Serge Leclerc today is a Christian man who helps hundreds of prisoners in Canada by teaching them about God and Christian morality and uh, is on the other side of the bars doing what he never thought he would do when he was a young man. I'm telling you, no matter what age you are, God has a plan and a purpose for you. You need to have a dream. It may not be a big dream to anybody else, but it, and it may not be a dream just for you. It may be a dream you have for your children or for your grandchildren. But if God be for us, the Bible says, who can be against us? And I would encourage you, and in fact, I would dare you, to dream. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope the message was an encouragement to you. Don't forget, not only are we on the radio, but we are on the Bible Truth Podcast. You can catch all of our messages there. Go to your favorite podcast host, search Bible Truth for Living, Pastor Tim Reynolds, or Bible Truth Podcast, and you'll find it there. And you can uh, be get the update on our messages as we place them there, and you can listen to them at any time. Thank you so much for supporting us by listening, by praying for us, and for those who are able to help us financially stand. On the air and have our podcast uh, ministry. We do appreciate that as well. If you don't have a church to go to, we invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We meet every Sunday morning, nine o'clock for Sunday school, 10 o'clock morning worship, six o'clock Sunday night. And then in March, uh, we'll go back to our Wednesday night service as well. And then at Waltonville Community Church, 1115 every Sunday morning. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being with you again next time. And until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying may God bless you is my prayer.